Welcome to episode 47 of Motorific. We're discussing this supposed event called Women's Motorcycle Month, which is July. Now, I am looking... Okay, I found this article, the Motorcycle Hall of Fame Museum, and Nationwide Insurance are working together to mark July as Women's Motorcycle Month. So it was made up, but apparently they didn't actually tell any of us. <laughs> or this any of true. us that mattered so that we could spread the word to the ladies. There is an event on Facebook as well, and I'll post a link to that. Oh, that was from 2010. So Wow, so we've been kept out of the loop about our <laughs> own special month for a long time. Yeah, they should have, oh, I don't know, talked to the AMA, maybe. Now, wow. wait a minute, I'm looking, still looking at articles. Okay, here we go. Here is a um, another link from MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Are there? Wow, so they're mentioning it. They're saying that it is this month, indeed. Um, yes, so looks like Motorcycle Superstore is recognizing that July is Women's Motorcycle Month. So thanks, Motorcycle Superstore. Other yeah, than the that, insider. I see an insurance company blog, Cole Hazy Insurance, recognizes it as well. But yeah, they didn't tell us. Um, there's another link from powersportsnetwork.com from 2008. So welcome to Women's Motorcycle Month for the month of July. Who knew? I didn't know. I wish I knew. Um, I wish they would have told some of us. I don't know what that means necessarily, but every month is Women's Motorcycle Month. It's a little silly in my mind, but sure. appreciate the effort anyway. So there's one kind of topic of discussion for this episode, um, albeit brief. But uh, we also have some model updates from BMW to chat about. I have my ride report and some other kind of general issues that I'm going through regarding that riding. And then what else? We're going to cover a couple of fun articles that Christy found. Christy of Motorcycle.com. Oh, and then, of course, Christy has her ride report up from the FC7. So I don't, I don't remember if we... If that was published when we recorded last, no, right? I don't, I don't think so. It was. So um, now you can actually read all about it. And I don't know, whatever else we can squeeze into this hour. So, a couple articles. So why don't you talk about this? these BMW updates or announcements that we're looking at Apparently, here? Apparently... Apparently the K1300 has been around and I just missed it. For some reason, I, I was living in the 1200 age. Well, that's um, the one I mo most commonly hear about. Really? Yeah, the K1200 and uh, and then the 16, right? Wow. That's the behemoth, right? The 16? Yeah, careful. We might, we might offend some listeners by calling oh. the 1600 behemoth. <laughs> well, um, it is small compared to the uh, cruiser side of things, I know, but... True. Well, and, and not only that, but <laughs> we're also using ourselves as a comparison. We're, you know, we're, we're small. True, very true. But hey, $23,000, it's a pretty big bike. But I've seen them yeah. in person, and they to me they look like huge. They look so big. Remember Jan rode, oh, no, you weren't, you weren't at the conference. Jan rode one, and it was, well, because she's tiny too, so <laughs> I can't, it's so funny. But, but I just, 
when people come into the shop, they usually, when, when it is someone who rides a K-series, it coincidentally is usually a 1600 or the 12. I don't, I've never heard anyone tell me they ride a 13. So I am familiar with those two models too, but, uh, hey, more the merrier. The more big leader plus spikes there are, then I guess the more BMW owners there will be. Yeah, so they're doing some some updates to the K1300S, and it's a special model that they're coming out with. 1300R will be returning, mm. a couple different colors, 700GS also coming back, new paint finishes, mm. the 800GS as well. I'm waiting for the day that they just get rid of the 700. Or just combine the two, right, and make one model? I... Yeah, that's what the 800 is. The 700 is a detuned 800, and you've got the single-cylinder 650. So the 700, to me, is pretty much obsolete. Yeah, but, but that's... Um, well, I mean, I guess that's similar to, like, what Cowie does, right? The Ninja 250, the Ninja 300, you do know? Do they still make the 250? Yes. Oh. Well, yes, shoot, they didn't... I didn't know that. I thought the 300 replaced it. I, it's the, it should, but I'm pretty sure it's still... A, model it's still the check yeah well, while john's sure. researching that little tidbit yeah mostly it's just paint finishes that they discuss in this uh rider magazine post the uh, 800 gs adventure also coming back in what they call kalamata metallic matte they've named this uh, <laughs> color after an olive it's not purple in case you're wondering it's more of a bronze the 800 gt also making a comeback hmm. I love the names of this stuff. Montego Blue Metallic. Mm. Yes, the Ninja 250R is still... Actually, it's listed as a 2012 model on yeah, their I site. So they just beefed up the engine and, and you know, no, canceled I, out the older one. I think so, too. I, my theory is there's a bajillion of them. So yeah. they're still going to be on this. They're going to be available until they're all gone. But yes, then the 300 will replace it. But, I mean, I can understand the need to make a variation of the F800. I guess one that minute seems silly like okay well instead of an 800 how about 650 again or you know why only step down 100 cc i mean is there a huge difference in terms of the weight and power or are they really close together they're very close they're very because a lot of parts right? that for my bike are compatible with the 800 gs kind of oh. seems obsolete i mean they still offer the g650 yeah the wow single. so they still have the g650 and then there's the 700 and the 800 I'm pretty sure they do, although it's not in this it's particular post. Oh, it's no, it's um, on it's on BMW's website for the United States. G650. Yeah. Huh? Is that anything like the F650? I've ridden one of those. 20. Well, the G650 is the single cylinder, right? Which replaced what they used to call the F650 Dakar prior to 2008. <laughs> so there is like a naming convention that kind of went berserk once they went from single mm. to twin. There was a, maybe an internal, maybe there was an internal like fight. So one guy got to name a six. We had yeah. to keep the six fifty. Something, something like that. And then with the little paddle turn signals, that kind of set everybody in a tizzy. And now they're back to the conventional mm. single turn signal on off toggle switch. <laughs> so, the R twelve hundred GS. They have is, multiple uh, pers personality disorder. Yeah, it is motorcycle. seriously the, the seven hundred and the six fifteen eight hundred. The R twelve hundred GS. I'm gonna is look these up while you do that. To the crankshaft. 
to make it similar to the uh, 1200GS Adventure and the 1200RT. Apparently, there is a keyless ride system as an extra that mm. enables steering lock and fuel filler to be locked and unlocked keyless. Like you, still, you turn it, you unlock it from the ignition or something? Yeah, Got I it. think it's a proximity key. Motorcycles mm. still started using the starter button as before, and with keyless, the key can always remain in the rider's clothing. You don't have to take it off, so it is a proximity oh, key. Oh, that's neat. I want that. Shift Assistant Pro. What's that? So you don't have to shift? Is there, the is there a little... Shift up. Oh, clutchless shifting. Look at that. So it turns into like an NC700. Or the Ducati 899, which I rode, the Panigale. That apparently has clutchless shifting as Interesting. well. Oh, that's different. Okay, got it. But got yeah, um, enabling acceleration virtually without torque interrupt. It also allows downshifting mm. without using the clutch. What do you know? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So kind of making it as easy as possible to ride. Um, I guess to ride. To ride a bike, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, and so lowered suspension options on the GS Adventure. That's right. Got to get that lowered a uh, lowered option. Also lowered seat height, so uh, mm. you can attempt to perhaps get in there with a shorter inseam. Probably like thirty or thirty-one is going to be the. See, I'm I'm probably the only short person on the planet who does not want to ride a lowered BMW because I rode one and it sucked. I was so yeah. unhappy, so unhappy. It made me miserable. Like it feels good in a minute, you're like, oh, this is great, and then like 20 minutes later, you're like, this was the worst idea ever. It's just awful. So I'm looking at the comparisons between the seven and the 800 just to see, like, because I have sat on the seven and I know it's smaller because it definitely mm -hmm. felt lower. So I'm sure the stock height is different. Yeah, it's a touch. 800 is a touch it's taller. definitely a little bit, but it wasn't, like, ginormous. I didn't feel a huge change, but I could just feel that that slightly lowered seat height. So it says, for the 700, 32.3 standard. Variable seat height between 30.1 and 32.9, depending on factory options. For the F800 GS, it's 34.6 standard. And a variable seat height of 32.3 and 36. Hmm. So that's definitely a that's pretty big. Two inches. Yeah, and even the inner leg curve. Wait, is that what they call inseam? Yeah. It's it's <laughs> basically, yeah. Inseam can be different. deceiving because if you measure your inseam, yep. you know, you, you have like your legs come together at your crotch. Yep. There's not a whole lot of uh, arc. So going on oh that arc so I when see. you measure your inseam and it's you know 34 to the floor like mine is or 33 maybe 32 i'm somewhere in that ballpark um you don't accommodate for a giant you know if you were to do a wide seat right really wide seat then and the, then say 32 inch then you lose. Uh, from seat to bottom then yeah. my my feet won't touch right that's why they give so you the curve. Got they it. start adding these other terms to kind of give you a better sense, sense of, well, just because I have a 32-inch inseam doesn't mean my feet are going to touch if it's a wider seat, so if it's a bench seat. Definitely, Hence the reason on that 7 uh -huh. that they have the heart-shaped, I'm sure they hate me calling it that, but the heart-shaped <laughs> seat, seat because it comes to a pitch at the tank, and that way you've got virtually no... Um, curve loss. yeah no, no curve. curve yeah and looking at also the other specs on these two guys there's actually a slight weight difference um the dry weight on a 700 is 461 whereas the 800 it's a 472 pounds so there's a, like a 10 pound difference but yeah it seems like a couple of tweaks 
they could, without changing the engine, make up for getting rid of that model by yeah. trying to address some of the seat height. I mean, let's see the power. And you wouldn't have to worry about it at all. I mean, see... I, I'm sure that you know. I'd love to know the stats between yeah. how the 700 and the 800 sells. Who sells more? Ah, that's an interesting point. Um, I'm trying to look at. I might at, be able uh... to get that information. I'm going to the dealership next week. Looking at power, like they're both the same displacement. Both well, they call it capacity, 798 sure. cc. But this... the the horsepower is actually a little bit more. You get 10 more horsepower on 800. Believe me, you can feel the difference between be, because the engine on the 800 GS should be the same engine on the GSA, and on that GSA, the, the pickup and the vibrations at high speeds totally different. They're de they're tuned differently. They must be geared differently. Yeah, well, the the torque is also it's, different. It's the same motor, but it's detuned. Yeah. So it's the 800 with some piss taken out of some it. Some so. down. Yeah, I, I I understand the need for that. I mean, I totally get it. Yeah. You know, I get that people want to start out on a BMW, and you know, it is actually pretty decent. I think it's one of the more decent beginner bikes. You know, given that it's not, you know, this crazy torquey beast. I mean, it's you know torquey enough, but it's not, you know, it's not crazy. And it's balanced so well. I remember the first time I sat on an F800, I was amazed at how light it felt, knowing how much it weighed. It didn't feel like that in my mind. I thought it weighed a lot less. And that felt really nice, actually. It felt very comfortable. I was really impressed at how they do that. And that was well before I was ready for one. That was, oh God, I was still in the 250. So contemplating an 800 at that point was just not really, it was like my first year or something. But I thought, you know, I could probably do this. I could probably wing this. And um, it was kind of nice. Felt really good. I was actually really surprised by that. Wow, you got to hear the options on on the K sixteen hundred GT <laughs> and the GTL. Okay, so the GT and the GTL, which Joanne and I have both gotten lambasted in the past for saying it's a beast, just because when we what? stand next to it, it, it kind of is. I'm it's gonna big. take a picture next Wednesday just to show it's, you, like, yeah, it's you know, not tiny. Size. It's not small. I mean, it's not medium. No. It's large. It's, you know, the fairing, the tank, the boxes. Yeah. Trust me. I'll, I'll take a picture and, you know, we'll, we'll end the discussion there. Um, the, it's considered a luxury touring bike. Yeah, for sure. And they are adding now, um, for both ABS. the GT and the GTL, dynamic traction control in 2015. Mm. So that will be a standard option uh, or a standard, you know, inclusion mm. into the bike model. Um, you can also get the keyless ride system. So the uh, proximity key. And you also have the option of a daytime riding light and something called hill start control for easy oh, hill starts. I heard about that. Obviously, they've not ridden in San Francisco. It's so easy. It's not that you don't need to assist. It's easy. They yeah, also it's not have. That hard. Uh, you just love your rear brake. The seriously the GTL version, the like luxury one, comes with mm -hmm. electronic suspension adjustment, so you can change the dampening damping and. And change the suspension, like with a button. It's awesome. Wow. So they have like you push a button. That's really cool. It looks comfy. I would love to relax on one across the country, but it just seems like too much of a beast. But Christy's right. We are smaller people, so therefore, you know, physically speaking, it's a little ridiculous to us to ride something that ginormous. Because in my mind, it's like buying a Hummer. I could drive one. But do I want to park that thing? Do I want to wash it? Do I want to, you know what I mean? Like, do I want to try to maneuver it around these streets? No. 
<laughs> but it does certainly look comfy. It looks kind of cool up front. It looks like a spaceship. I've seen them. <laughs> I've seen one up front, like at the BMW dealer in San Francisco. I think when they first come out. I remember when I first saw it. It was it was surrounded by ropes. Like it had a little, <laughs> had a That's little, hilarious. yeah, it had like ropes, ropes line. around it, so you could see it but not sit on it. I don't know. I think it was just like that first day or two or whatever. So but yeah, we're not knocking the bike. No, no, it's, it looks awesome. You, but just in in perspective of <laughs> myself and Joanne, yep. relatively um, speaking, yeah, yeah, it looks comfy, and, uh, man. Like so the BMW C Evolution is their scooter, which is not sold in the U.S. Well, they have this, that one scooter? They do have a scooter, and I can't remember the name of it. Not uh, mentioned on here. It is the C600. There's a 600 Sport and a 650 GT, which is probably the touring version of it. I remember yeah, so, it looked pretty cool. Go ahead. It looked really cool. So next week, I need to take my bike in because I'm having problems where it, it dies at idle in oh. either neutral or with the clutch pulled in mm. at first. And I was endeavoring to check a couple of things off before I go in with the bike just to see if I could kind of self-diagnose. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, well, let me just look at the um, spark plugs. Maybe that's got something to do with hmm. it. Sure. The spark plugs are so deep in that bike. <laughs> I would literally <laughs> have to unpack my entire suitcase to get to that very last bit of clothing at the bottom in order to get to it. It uh... was just ridiculous. So I looked at it and I was like, forget it. I'm just going to take it in. I give up. Hopefully it's just but, something minor. But I guess the point of my, my little anecdotal uh, story there is that um, I'm going to need to take a loaner bike. And so yeah. they asked me, what do you want? I'm like, well, I don't know. Surprise me. So I might end up with a scooter next week. <laughs> I hear it's fun. Go take it for I, a spin. I also hear it's fun. Didn't Sandy fun. take it for a spin? I thought Sandy. I thought she posted about it one time on Facebook. How mm -hmm. she took one. I think same thing. I think it was a loaner or something. And I thought oh, that's really cool. I mean, you know, if anyone can make a scooter awesome, it's got to be BMW. And yeah. the uh, engine is a Kimco too, so it's got a really great scooter motor, really nice motor. So it should be really cool. Should be like well powered and and fun. Scooters are awesome. You know, but once you ride a motorcycle uh, actively, it's really hard to switch to a scooter actively i but i know people who have both and i just personally prefer being on a, a motorcycle even though i've ridden a scooter and i love scooters they're fantastic but i just prefer myself i, I prefer my motorcycles but um so yeah check out check out some of these models pretty exciting stuff and what was that other article you on linked women on <laughs> On women. The entertaining one. Another one about women. Yeah, Motorcycle.com has, a, has a, a section or a I guess a weekly or a monthly feature called Tomfoolery because it's written by Tom Roderick. <laughs> and his latest musing I found to be quite interesting and amusing, which was women motorcyclists and the demise of the passenger seat. The funniest part of this article has to be, and this will probably give you an idea as to the gist of the article, what the hell is the poor male peacock supposed to do when the female peacock has the same plumage? So essentially, the article is about, yay, women are riding, awesome, but what about my passenger seat? It's empty. I miss that intimacy moment where the woman puts her hand around me. So I think he's just kind of waxing on the fact that there's, you know, while riding with a female on another motorcycle is awesome, there are some men who really love the 
concept of you know the the woman sitting behind them joanne and i were kind of talking about this before we started recording yeah i mean i'm i tend to agree with you that there will always be someone who is not interested in writing there's there will be plenty it's not like hundreds and thousands of women are signing up to write every day hopefully every year but there will be it's i think it's a cute satirical piece or just a really cute way of of, of looking at the way that our numbers are going up but there will always be pretty girls who, you know, love seeing pretty boys or dirty boys, whatever. And I think also his concern was that the more women that ride, the less interested they will be in providing a passenger seat on a motorcycle. And silly. so another uh, another so silly. cute turn of phrase was, we'll be left riding motorcycles without passenger seats and nowhere to bungee that six-pack of spontaneously purchased PBR on the ride home from work. What then? Forego drinking beer? silly it's so it's a good good article for a couple of laughs so funny very very, thank you for the commentary tom foolery (laughs) um so kind of going back to this bmw discussion so so i did my ride and um i had a fairly good time i'm going to be really honest here certainly nothing up to the level of what i'm used to riding in terms of roads know being from california and all we have the best freaking roads and i have not ventured south of of here towards west virginia where i i do i can see the riding is outstanding in a southerly direction it looks actually pretty dang amazing but given that i was really limited to pennsylvania it was okay i mean i certainly found some fun roads like we found some really cute stuff i actually found a really great road on the way home which i was really surprised by it was actually really nice and it was more than a mile long um but not a lot of technical writing here. There's a lot of these, a lot of writing through neighborhoods and homes, and I'm not too, kind of not as much used to that. Um, but found some really good stuff and still squeezed in a little over 1,100 miles, you know, which is a little low for me for a four-day weekend. But found some really good stuff, and I, I guess that really I have the same issues on any three to, three-day weekend ride. Um, you know, in terms of comfort, it was just toward the end of those days, it was really uncomfortable. And I still have a stock seat and, you know, I still have stock pegs. I don't have anything altered. Um, it was just really uncomfortable <laughs> toward the end um, of each day. Because we spent like eight hours, I'd say. We leave at nine and we would be back at like six or seven. So we spent a lot of time and I'm just getting older. What? I'm just kind of at a crossroads because I certainly enjoy my bike a lot and have a lot of fun with it and I know I know how to ride it and but I still I'm still kind of going back and forth in my brain about whether or not to uh, whether or not to go dual sport or not cuz the, the roads here there's way more dirt and goat. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's the roads here the really good ones that I can see on the maps they're more unpaved than they are paved or just unfinished. You know what I mean? They're just not street friendly. They're not pavement friendly. I mean, they're not sand, but they're, you know, they're not like well taken care of in terms of pavement because they're kind of, you know, these county roads and they're just not pristine. So it's like, well, most of the riding here just begs for, it seems like the state anyway, just begs for dual sport riding, but but then, you know, then that makes it hard to ride with your spouse and blah, blah, blah. So, no, just really torn. If I had money, I would just buy a dual sport 
but I can't you do that. You put knobbies on that SV? <laughs> I probably could. You know what? I probably could put, there's actually some tires I've seen that are um, not quite 50-50, but I've seen some that are, you know, like 70-30. I think, mm -hmm. you know, more 70 street and 30 dirt. So I know that tires like that exist, but then, you know, my greater issue is, will I always be unhappy? And you know, how do you, like, how do you feel about your BMW? Are you 100% happy with it all the time? No, and uh, the reason behind that is the more you know, the less happy you are with what you have. And the grass, the grass is always it. greener. But, uh, That's gotta be um, it. Having the opportunity to ride the 800 and the 1200, granted the 1200, too much for me personally, but the 800 is kind of a just right. I, I like that engine uh, slightly better than I like the 650. But, uh, you know, at this point, I've got way more invested into the 650. And I'm just not interested in going out and spending. Um, I mean, it's not so terrible that I must rush out and fix that problem. I, I just don't want to spend more money on uh, or have any outstanding, you know, loans on, on another bike. It's all paid <laughs> off. It's good to go. Well, you don't have to go get a loan on a new bike but no, I, mean, I know but but it won't be my point is it won't be an even trade like you always give up something yeah so i'm not i'm not about to give up any more money I, i'm good with what i have see i'd have to put more money into this bike to make it more comfortable just to make it a better ride it like it really needs a new seat it needs a lower foot peg it needs a windscreen Okay, I need these things to to make it more comfortable for what I want it to do. And then, so there's a point where I have to ask, like, okay, then how far do I go? How how do I know that I need a different bike? Right? Yeah, so I think when you're problem. getting bored with uh, things bored. that aren't Farkle related, <laughs> you know, no, oh, the okay. engine, mm -hmm. you corner much better on this other bike. You can't go fast enough. Yeah. You want to go slower. Mm. size is wrong like substantial issues that you can't adjust with like a hundred or two hundred fifty dollar part well i, I think that would be like well that's a thousand dollars i mean that's that's a thing it's what? like well, that's a whole bunch of goodies though i'm saying individually speaking oh <laughs> yeah it's true but, well yeah I, guess... I mean i think you know as far as suspension i think i will always expect to end up if I really want mm. the, the bike with the suspension, you know, with the tuned suspension for me, I will always end up having to spend money on that because I just don't weigh enough to trigger uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't either. You don't compress the springs either. Yeah. No, me neither. I don't, there's I don't, a, there's not enough. word I've forgotten. I mean, just barely. My, for my bike, it's like a, I'm on, I'm teetering on the edge because I got away Sag. with it. Yeah, I got away with it on my last one because that bike, at least, at least when they made the SV, they did have some intention of smaller people riding it, and they there is actually, you know, preload for that level. It it's not like my bike before that, where it was only set for a 165 pound person, and that's it. So at least the SVs are set up to where even stock. You know, it is reasonable for a smaller person to ride it, but, and I did adjust, we did drop the preload, so. Yeah, and of course, I'm not complaining about my suspension now, because I was lucky enough to 
be friends with a company who is looking for mm-hmm. an R&D mm-hmm. model to tinker with. So, you mm-hmm. know, right place, right time. But uh, I can't guarantee that's going to happen all the time. So my expectation for suspension is it's, it's going to need to be adjusted. But, um, you know, if you read my review for the FZ07, pretty much engine stuff. It's not something I want to buy a new bike and have to tinker tinker with. And that's in reference to the tweaks that a lot of people have done with the uh, throttle mapping on the FZ09. Mm. That's just, that's never something that I think, oh, you know, sure, that's totally fine that I'm going to go out and buy this new bike and have to do, you know, mapping and whatnot. I don't want to touch electronics or the engine. Adding lights, changing suspension, changing seat, those are all like individual things. Like it's buying a house and painting the rooms. You expect you're going to have to do that, but you know, the, the kind of crazy stuff that they were doing, I, it's just not me personally, I would ever be interested in doing that. Yeah, I guess I, I think my issue is more lifestyle based is do yeah, I, exactly. um, and I just don't have the money to do, to do it, both of it. So I guess that's where I have to decide, but I feel like this state demands dual sport riding more than sporty riding given the terrain that it has and it's just not you know it's not like california where you most of your riding will be on a long road like you could spend 20 or 30 miles on one particular road full of twisties or sweepers or open road whereas here it's just a ton of tiny tiny roads so if you don't know where you're going and you want to make a route, you're you're riding down like a hundred turns, literally mm-hmm. in one ride, and 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 sadly, I think that's where all the riding is, are on these tiny roads and through residential and that sort of thing, like backcountry roads. But I can't follow that many directions. I don't, I don't know. And and those aren't paved. No, they are. It's just you know laid out a little different. You're gonna make like thirty turns in. 15 minutes you know do you get a signal when you're out on your uh on your iphone only half the time on this trip when we went out we were in the allegheny national forest and out there there's nothing there was nothing for most of the day until we got closer to the main town we were staying which was williamsport so the area was actually really cool and there's you know, I got an atlas, and there were some really cool roads on this atlas, but of course it doesn't tell me if it's paved or not. It's not like a Butler map. Sure. So I was just guessing, and then I was cross-checking on Google Maps. So if you do use paper maps, you definitely want to check the, the production dates. Like my map, my atlas was 2007. So I knew I had to get on Google just to double-check and see, like, are these roads still here? Or are they mm-hmm. gone? Or are they paved? Or are they dirt? And I did my best to zoom in on the satellite views, you know, to look for yellow lines. And if I didn't see any yellow lines, I knew it was either a goatee road or a dirt road. So we didn't go on them. And like most of the cool roads I found were like that. It made me sad. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's just harder here to explore and find the good roads because they're all broken up into tiny one mile, two mile increments, you know, it's not like, it's not like a highway 36 in California where it's just one long road and you'll spend 60 miles on it. It's really easy yeah. to map those out, but here it's just a little harder. So I'm asking constantly, I'm asking people online, I'm asking my coworkers constantly, where can I go? Give me some routes. And they're just a little bit harder to provide. 
because you can't just spend all day on three roads. You're going to spend all day on like 20. So I'm still trying to figure that out. And, um, yeah, because usually my response to there's too many places to turn and I can't keep up with the stuff is to just enjoy yourself, keep riding, turn where you feel like it, and then check your iPhone to see where you are. But well, if that's... you don't get a signal, that could be a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'd like to do, and I want to do it. I, I feel like we should have done it. I mean, we were with Sue and Jin, and they're used to riding everywhere, but Sue was on a Versus, and Jin was on a Ninja 650. and, and I So they were definitely more streeted out and... So we just, you know, we try, we use the Mad Maps and found some decent stuff. Um, but when we actually went to ride them, they just weren't as technical as we, we wanted them to be for more than two miles. You know, we're, we're all used to very technical riding. And so I'm just thinking, well, at least I'm getting better at my sweepers because they're getting better at my speed at higher speed because I normally am not comfortable at the higher speed. So... <clears throat> that did was. You, did you reach out to Nancy at all before that trip? No, but I don't think she's ever ridden in Pennsylvania. I don't know. She's the queen of roads. She probably yeah. California. She, she probably have that area dialed in. Maybe. I mean, I'll. I. I doesn't hurt to message her, but I. I know that she uses the benchmark maps, and that's all the Southwest. That's Pacific mm. Northwest California. So she is the queen of the California road for sure. I know that, but these roads are just so different. I mean, like I said, it's easily 30 turns like i should show you i'll take a picture of the the route i i wrote for us to avoid the interstate to get out there which is typically a two i think it's a three hour drive if you just stick to the freeway so mm -hmm. i did all off freeway roads i think i wrote down like 30 different directions and um yeah i hate that and i got lost a few times just because sometimes the routes weren't numbered they were named and whatever but um Ah, yeah, yeah, there are cities, and I really hate this when I'm when I'm downtown somewhere, where I kind of have the next like three turns in my brain, and it's not actually routed through the phone or through my headphones or something like that. Mm. So I'm trying to remember, you know, it's right at this place, and then it's left here, and then it's right on this street. Yep. And I'm looking up at the street, and there's no street sign whatsoever. And then I'm literally like yep. blowing through the intersection and also looking backwards to see if maybe it's signed in the opposite direction. I'm just like, what is wrong with you people that you can't put up some sort of street sign? Yeah, Sorry, and, and, that, was, that was my moment. No, and that's the problem I had pretty much half the time because some of the routes, there's actually the really nice thing about a lot of areas here is the, the routes and road names are actually numbered. So if you look at a map of Pennsylvania, you'll see a ton of numbered routes, which is cool because 90, 80% of the time I could just say right on 305 or left on 307, which is kind of neat. But there's a small percentage where there's streets that start in really tiny towns. So it starts out as Main Street and then like half a mile down the road, it turns into Route 404. But you don't know that because they don't always have the sign number on the street. So we passed a few... I would pass signs or pulling over constantly. I had my map with me, but it's a huge atlas. It's like an 11 by 17 book. So I was <laughs> using the that phone. That is all of your tank bag. I didn't, I didn't even have it out. I mean, I just had it packed just in case. Uh, but yeah, pretty much stuck to the phone. I mean, getting there, there was plenty of cell service. It was the coming back. I mean, no, it was the riding around in the forest where there was no service because then we were in the middle of nowhere and there's no cell service. But there are, like, I think last episode I mentioned a, a cool app like 
Copilot GPS where you can download a full map, and I mean all the roads for a state and whole region. So I, I downloaded that to my old iPod, and it it actually downloaded map maps for the entire state of Pennsylvania, but somehow I deleted them. So that would be really handy if you don't have cell service and you need a map. There's actually some cool iPhone apps, and I'm sure Android has them too. But yeah, it was just kind of a tough weekend because we're all just like, where are the twists? Where? <laughs> Where's the Highway 36 and the 3 and the 49? Oh, they're not here. I mean, they're really local. I mean, I think I just need to, we just need to get more familiar with some of these. You need to but reach out more ahead of time. I thought you guys had all that stuff dialed in because they're kind of local. We got not really. Of, I we mean, got plenty of active people listening to this podcast. Yeah, but who's going to who's gonna write me a turn-by-turn direction for four days straight? Nobody. Like, no one's going to give me, like, a ride route. You'd be surprised. I'm telling you, these ride routes are long. You can't just write down, oh, take 12 to 35 to 37. You have to write down like 20 different steps just to do a full day's ride to stay off the interstate and ride the, the road. The roads are that short. They're really short and they're just not long enough. I mean, you could if you want to stay on the straighter roads, but really to ride like the twistier roads you have to ride on like 20 different routes and there's no way around it because that's just how it is the terrain is here it's just very different from you know what you and i are used to in california it's, um, yeah although freeways are super fun out here because i think i took like 10 on my one ride over the weekend oh gross <laughs> see you probably but you can't five avoid, you can't. To the 110 to the 10 to the 1 to the 101 to the 33 to the 150 to the 126 to the 23 to the 118 to right? the 5. That's because you have a million highways out there. But here, That's true. there's only like three major interstate. I mean, when you look at the map, there's only a handful of interstate routes. Everything else is rooted. And it's a grid, literally, of all these tiny roads. And I, you know, I, and then half the time, I, I didn't know how far it was to the next turn because I haven't figured out how to make a custom map in Google and then have it give you the point-to-point -point with destinations hmm. as if talk you were to, getting driving talk directions. Talk to uh, Chris at uh, Cafe Racer Podcast because oh, okay. I think he was doing that. Okay, so that's, that would have helped me a lot. Um, so I was winging it. Like, I think on the map it was a few miles, but I have no idea what the distance was. So, trying, we were trying really hard between that and the Mad Maps. And but we, you we did, did okay. get some awesome shots of covered some... bridges, which is something that I, if you were to ask me one thing I would like to do or take a picture of with a motorcycle in the United States, Maybe it would I, have to be a covered bridge. On your bucket list? Yes, one of my friends on the too. on the Moto Road bucket list, it has to in the top five. Be so apparently, garbage. there's a bunch here. So I'm gonna in Oregon too. Yeah, apparently there's a ton here. There's even a haunted one. I'm gonna go check that out Ooh, in really? north. Yeah, apparently 40 minutes or so north. There's one that's it looks just the same as the one I got on. See, <laughs> I had if I lived in a state where there were covered bridges, I would literally spend, I, I would literally make a map of all of them and either if they were close, try to hit them all in one day and photograph everything or do a different covered bridge a weekend. Yeah. I, it was I just fun. think they're so awesome. And for someone who 
has lived in California all her life. Um, yeah, we don't have and this has there. Never really had the option of seeing one out here necessarily. Nope. It's just so cool. To they me. are they are really cool. Yeah, no, it was it was really pretty, and we spent like a good ten minutes taking all kinds of pictures in and in, in, inside of it, in front of it, in the back, and I'll post. I, at some point, I need to do my ride report. I'm going to try to get it done this week. But behind the bridge, so after you went through the bridge, was this cute little house. Like a cute little house with a barn and a huge lawn in front of it. It was so adorable. Like to live right at the bridge and then live in that house. It was awesome. Like So that bridge was great, but but the little woman who lived in the house behind it was even cuter. And then there was actually what looked like a really cool road behind it, but we had to get back on the route, the 143. But it was really pretty, it was really cool, and we got to, you know, went to Punxsutawney, where they, you know, Punxsutawney Phil. I saw that picture, Punxsutawney Phil. That's right, so we went to his town. Um, yeah, so that was about as far east as I went. So it was, it was I mean, it was fun. I had a good time because we were with Sue and Jin of the Women's Motorcyclist Foundation, and they are amazing people they've ridden a million miles quite literally they've ridden a lot of miles um, way more than most of us have ever ridden and um they're just so much fun they're not little old ladies you know they should be but they're so not and they're they're just they're just really great people and definitely makes me feel at home hanging out with them because i've known them for such a long time um but it was really great. Of course, overall, I had a fabulous time because I had to ride with my husband, and we haven't. That was the first time we rode together really since he got his. Since we have both had our bikes, so it was just really, really fun. Stayed at a great little motel and ate at some cute places, and you know there were always nice people all around and talking to us about our bikes, and it was fun. It's always fun like riding around with with friends. You always meet really nice people. Hopefully, we'll be able to do it again very soon. All right, so I am I am roasting, and it is close to my bedtime. I think it's like 10.30 over here. Almost. Um, so we're going to have to save some of the other stuff for next week. But I'll, I should be here. We should both be around. Thank you for hanging out while I rambled this episode. We... <laughs> We'll definitely talk to you next time. And as always, please find us on our website, motorific.com, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash motorificpodcast. And of course, find us on Twitter as ADV Goddess and Gear Check. So until then, we will talk to you later. Woohoo!